I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. <laughs> Hi, Kieran. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm warm. Yes, that's excellent. Yes. Uh, so for those who have been following along, I have uh, just moved to Northern Virginia, D.C. suburbs, and uh, my friend and I are moving in together in this great big house, and it's nice and warm. There's heat. There's insulation. It's uh, uncomfortable. Uh, I... I love insulation. It's the best invention, honestly. I'm so glad you get to experience this now. I I mean, like, as much as, like, I love my little country retreat, like, you know, living in a hundred-year-old house that doesn't have, like, good insulation with a landlord who won't pay for your house to have heat, like, oof. Yeah, that's not There's only so much you can do with space heaters. yeah. Yeah, no, and, and your house is not tiny or efficient. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I am, like, good at staying warm. I do not like cold, but I have lived in western Pennsylvania in Kyrgyzstan. So, like, I got this unlock. I have the supplies. I know how to do this. I know how to layer. And I've got the, yeah. like, the right tools and stuff. And I was just fucking miserable. So, like, I can just, like, my second night here... I slept so hard and it was like my body like was relaxing for the first time in a month. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm so, so. glad. Yeah. So it feels good to be here. Yay. How are you titless wonder? Ah, uh, it's so nice. It's so great. I'm not in a binder anymore. I had to wear a binder for a month straight that got old real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I got to take off my binder today. I got my piercings back in. I got new piercings. Yay, so I can, congrats. I can start this new boobless life with new jewelry. Cute. It's nice. It feels good. All my shirts fit the right way now. That's incredible. Yeah. Now they're just I have to I have to massage my scars for 20 minutes twice a day, which is annoying, but otherwise it's fine. Good thing you have tools for that. I know. Yeah. I'm like this is <laughs> I can do it. It's fine. <laughs> Well, these are topics that are much more fun than what we're here to actually talk about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we have dark things to talk about. Yeah. So while I was going to get my binder off on December 1st, I was making the mistake of reading Twitter. Mm, mm. And it was it was all about what was going down in the Supreme Court, and I had a really high heart rate by the time I got to the office <laughs> to get my binder off. Even though you were literally wearing a thunder shirt? <laughs> yes. For the pup <laughs> to yep. calm you down? It didn't work? Yep. Did not work at all. Mm. There have been so many times that I've gone over to Carmen's apartment to, like, get something or drop something off, like, She's in the middle of really intense work months, so I've just been like feeding her, and and just like the screaming 
the screaming about what is happening on the Supreme Court is a lot. And I feel like this is like, I would encourage our listeners to do a primal scream. It feels really good. Mm-hmm. You know, just. I was going to suggest we open with a silent scream, but I forgot about it. But. Okay, we're going to like take five seconds here and like, yes. this is your space to scream. And we pretend we are screaming. We're going to not blow out your eardrums, but. Yeah. Do we feel better now? Yeah. I mean, okay. as better as we can feel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, I want to like outsource some of our, uh, notes here today and kind of go through, um, there's a wonderful resource called SCOTUS blog, um, that covers the, Supreme Court and gives the analysis of of what's going on blow by blow. And their blog from the first kind of outlining what was what was discussed in the arguments and kind of like how how things went down that day, I think is a really good overview. And I want to kind of walk us through it from that. So we like kind of have a better understanding of like what exactly is at stake with this case. And what are the the possible outcomes? Mm-hmm. But but uh, first, there's the whole like, I'm tired, and we've been telling you so. Oh my god, that was like that was my f- reaction for the first like five days. Was just I've been we both have been shouting this from the rooftops for years. I I wrote a viral article about it. I don't know how much louder or from how many more rooftops I need to fucking scream about this, but oh my god! Like I I think <laughs> think that on the first we had the rest of the American populace come to like terms with the the realization that Roe will be overturned in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. If not with this one. It will be with another one. Like it's it's, coming. It's going to happen the way the court is, is stacked right now. Like doesn't matter if we have, you know, a Democrat in office, you know, as commander in chief, like it's not going to save us. Nope. And as long as we can't like overturn the filibuster, we are fucked. Right. So, (laughs) so Democrats need to grow a fucking spine. For the first time ever, or mm. we're screwed. And I'm betting on screwed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm betting on um, acts of, of of violence in Minecraft as the oh, solution yeah. here. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, what the fuck is this case? This is coming out of Mississippi, and it's called. Uh, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And basically, like, what it's coming for is that um, it's trying to uphold a law that was passed in Mississippi in 2018 called the Gestational Age Act that has been blocked by uh, the the 
federal court and the fifth circuit, fifth circuit court of appeals on the basis that it goes against Roe v. Wade. And so this is like bringing that question specifically up to the Supreme court to consider. And what this would do, like I didn't quite, I mean, growing up the way we did, I don't think I really understood like the more finer details of what Roe actually entails. I knew it was about privacy, Mm -hmm. healthcare privacy. Yeah. Your right to privacy. But apparently it, it also like dictates that abortions can't be banned before fetal viability, which is currently at 24 weeks, which is like the point at which they could, they have the medical capability of keeping a, a fetus alive. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the lungs finish developing, but I could be wrong on that. I'm not a, right and i guess like under row there's also some kind of like not under row uh under planned parenthood v casey i guess that was heard in 91 ruled in 92 yeah basically says like yeah roe v wade is gonna stay as long as it doesn't like create undue burden were the women involved? Mm-hmm. Let me see the exact phrasing. I feel like undue burden has a kind of very specific meaning. Establish the right of states to regulate abortion services. This is from um, Kaiser Family Foundation report on this, this whole situation. To regulate abortion services before viability, as long as the regulation does not place undue burden on women seeking an abortion. So it allows the states to like, do what we call trap laws, which are like making abortion access more and more difficult as long as it doesn't like create undue burden. Mm-hmm. Which. <laughs> yeah. And I, I Googled undue burden and landed on Wikipedia and the TLDR is basically The undue burden standard states that a legislature cannot make a particular law that is too burdensome or restrictive of one's fundamental rights. So like the right to privacy, for instance. Right. So it's real squishy territory there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially given some of the comments made about. Mm, We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to point out also that we have talked about this extensively. And the first thing that I did on on Twitter is I went through our archives and was like, okay, here's where we talked about the Supreme Court and their goals. And here's what what we talked about, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And like, we've talked about this whole thing extensively. So if you want more background. I mean, I feel like I've written, (laughs) you've written at least two articles on this. I've written at least two articles on this. I have not more like, we're on the record commenting on this. <laughs> You've been saying this for so long. But I, I do think it is worthwhile, like, breaking down this specific yes. iteration of it. Yeah, because this is what's going to be important um, come June of next year. Yeah, so I, I I find it interesting that the whole viability thing is, like, what is up for grabs here? Because 
this is where, and we've talked about this before too, like, you know, uh, where does life begin? Debates theologically yep. diverge. You have the, the Jewish tradition of like at the first breath. Which makes the yeah. most sense to me personally. And it's like, okay, so yeah, viability like would make sense. <laughs> but like that baby still hasn't taken a breath. Like, I don't know. Like right. the <sighs> Well, in the what we grew up with hearing about like when life begins is at conception, which is literally impossible to know. Well, and and <laughs> and one of the things that we like that I remember being like really torn about because I wanted to believe it, that again, we've talked about this before, how like the pro-life stuff is the last to go. Yep. When you're leaving fundedom is that like learning that like the percentage of fertilized eggs that slough off and do not implant is greater when you are not on birth control than when you are on birth control. Like learning that it was like by that definition, it technically more pro-life to be on the pill just like fucked my whole understanding of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weird how science. Right. So I'm like, okay, so like if I was still funding, I would argue that it's like at implantation, but then it's like, okay, so then you get into situations where like one of my college friends, like we were married the same year, like two years later, she like almost died because she went to a Catholic hospital with an ectopic pregnancy, oh, which is like that was implanted and they weren't going to place, and it was in the wrong place and it was going to kill her. And because it was implanted, they weren't going to deal with it. And it was like, cool. She was going to just like bleed to death here. So they like had to find help at a different hospital and that like mm-hmm. you know really they had they were catholic and so that really like shook their yeah you know reasoning on that whole subject anyway yeah okay back to the case itself yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> on and on on this just like <laughs> how like fragile that line of reasoning is when you actually experience something that isn't a full tomb birth of a live child yeah so, uh, so one of the things that like, one of the things that like, I kind of agree with the conservatives on here in the, it was like, they're making the argument that like Roe v. Wade is not super clear and, uh, and it makes the whole process of figuring out what the, you know, the exact rights are difficult and like onerous for each state in each individual situation. And I do agree that that is the case. They are arguing that that means that is a good reason for it to be overturned, which obviously disagree with. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, we should make it a federal law. Right. It should be a constitutional amendment. Like that's the solution, not just like delete. Right. Exactly. And one of the things that Kavanaugh talks about is like how they're, like there's precedent for overturning, you know, prior SCOTUS decisions, you know, Brown v. Board of Education, uh, Obergefell, I don't know how to spell that or how to pronounce that, versus Hodges. Like, 
okay, so, you know, outlying segregation and like recognizing same sex marriage, like these are situations where the Supreme court has reversed itself. And like, what are the circumstances under which like we, you know, find that appropriate. And so like the question becomes like, is Roe one of those situations? Which like, obviously I don't think so, but (laughs) But six of the people sitting on the court do. Right. And so the question is like, okay, like, you know, it has to be an extraordinary, you know, need to extraordinary change in circumstances. And their argument is that, and this is like what Coney Barrett was saying, is that there has been extraordinary change in circumstances. The like right to access an abortion was precedented on a right to privacy and Coney Barrett saying that because there's like more sanctuary laws for like giving up a baby that you don't want and more privacy for the, you know, unwed birth parent <laughs> or, you know, uh, for yeah. the, the, the like declining birth parent uh, to, you know, have privacy and give up the baby, then like that is a significant change in circumstance which I'm just like, no, we have seen this movie before. This has been done. Like the whole, the reason like Roe made it. So we didn't have to have maternity farms. Kira, (laughs) what are maternity farms? It's that place you go when you're unwed and pregnant where well-meaning white, Christian supremacists will exploit you, your labor, force you to become a Christian and do Bible study all under the guise of supporting you through your pregnancy that you didn't want and are forced to have because there are no other options. And then if you want to, you can put your child up for adoption after you're forced to carry it to term and hope that nothing fucking goes wrong. Oh, yeah, like, not to mention that, like, childbirth is, like, a deeply traumatic physical event that can, like, damage your body forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just, like, it sounded like she was just, like, oh, yeah, if you have leftovers. Just pushing, casually pushing a child out of my vagina is no big deal at all. It's just, like, you know, having a cold. You take a couple days off from work and you're good. Right. And you don't ever have to like deal with the infancy of like breastfeeding and getting no sleep and like hoping that your milk drops or having to be able to afford formula or like literally so many things. Kieran, even if you give up the baby, you still have to deal with the fourth trimester. You still have like postpartum depression, leaky tits, like peeing when you sneeze. Yep. All of that shit. Your pelvic floor. Straight. Like. Your hormones are everywhere. It's not. Hormones are like decompressing, so you have gas. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's hell. <laughs> I don't I know. Like, I don't I understand. Want, I just want to know for our listeners, like, if you're new to this, like, neither one of us have kids, and neither for of us. reason. Uh, yeah, but we know way too much about pregnancy for a reason. Yeah. Anyway. Like, sorry, seeing my mom pregnant for a decade made me understand exactly how traumatic and how much being pregnant 
fucks with your body and your ability to function both after the pregnancy and like while you're pregnant. Yeah, it's 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 not easy. Intense and destructive. Yeah. So like to to assume that like, oh yeah, well you you know, why can't you just have that? I think that's a good example of undue burden, but that might just be me. And then there's a whole like part of the story where it's like, I've seen this movie before. Google the Magdalene laundries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's there have been so many instances throughout history where, you know, people don't want to have kids and they didn't manage to abort it themselves. And so they're forced into these mostly religious traps where they're forced to have babies and then forced to do labor. One of the problems that I like, you know, as as a kid, I used to be told, like, we don't need socialism because like the church should be doing that work. And one of the things that I have learned is like a huge problem with that is that the like freedom um, that is allotted to people who participate in those kinds of religious systems is often dependent on their compliance with the religiosity and like the, you know, Bible study portions of Mm -hmm. the like, center or experience or whatever. And so it's just like, it's so unfair to anyone who isn't invested in that. Like, sure. I might work for you if you're, if you're like devout, but like, if you're not, if that's not your thing, like that's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those people are seeking you out and seeing you as a project and they want to like convert you while you're in this state you're not a real human desperation and pregnancy. And then you just are told over and over again, how your only value and worth is in letting your uterus do its thing. Speaking of, is it time? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So our favorite, least favorite member of Congress Decided that he wanted to comment on this whole situation. Because, of course, because we all needed to hear from this dude about this topic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, fascist Kendall in a wheelchair <laughs> decided that he was going to give a very poetic analogy. Oh, God. And I'm like, should we just insert the audio clip here? Yeah out of his chamber and outside is a gorgeous sunset you have a polaroid camera and you snap a beautiful picture and the gray photo pins out the front you hold it and shake it waiting for the picture to appear but suddenly someone walks by and snatches your photo ripping it to shreds you're stunned you cry why did you destroy my foot my picture the person replies oh it wasn't a picture it wasn't fully developed yet All of us in this room realize how asinine that reasoning is. That photo was transforming into a beautiful image. This illustration by Seth Gruber is simple, but it's what our nation has done to the most precious image of all, the image of God. Madam Speaker, a silent genocide has slipped beneath the conscience of America. Precious works of our creator formed and set apart meet death before they breathe life. Eternal souls woven into earthen vessels, sanctified by Almighty God and endowed with the miracle of life are denied their birth by a nation that was born in freedom. 
God's breath of life blown away by the breath of man. This cruel and fallen world may seem too filthy for their very presence. But these precious temples are crafted in the image of God himself. One day, perhaps when science darkens the soul of the left, our nation will repent. But until then, the carnage of this unconscionable deed will stain the fabric of our nation. I hope that the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. I hope that we stop the, uh, the genocide of abortion in this country. With that, I yield back. Thank you, because I don't feel like reading it. It was going to do a, like a dramatic interpretation, interpretive reading, but I, I just <laughs> yeah, no. don't. I don't. Like, uh, earthen vessels. Like, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, it's like reference to like being something that is like unremarkable that achieves like big things for God because you of what God puts in you. Right. <laughs> the vase that once held water and then Jesus turned it into wine and now you're the best vase ever. And I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> I think, I think even the Catholics would ha- take offense at this given like Marian devotion. Like, yeah. I, I, what? No. <laughs> No. Yeah. Nobody, I his wife needs to divorce him. He he was he was he was comparing right now. He was comparing like the act of aborting a fifteen week fetus to you know ripping up a undeveloped Polaroid of a gorgeous sunset, and I'm just like, if I were your wife, I would be. Divorce for Christmas. Divorce for Christmas and committing a lot of onanism. Yes. Yes. Just like we we spit in this house, we spit. Into his face. Thank you. (laughs) Like, we're not saving that Polaroid. It's not going to develop. The content is not that good. It's really, it's really not. I've seen so many sunsets more beautiful than fascist Kendall's face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like literally every single sunset. Yeah. <laughs> the, the bar is low. The bar is so low. Anyway. <laughs> oh um, Thank you, fuckface Cawthorn, for... Dear Cawthorn, I hope that you have diarrhea for a week again. Um, Just forever, honestly. Yeah, really. It doesn't need to stop at a week. Yeah, it's just, it should just be like, a medical emergency. Just like shit your pants forever. I, yeah. I mean, like, it's only fair when he's wanting, you know, uterus avers to, like, like pee their underwear every time they laugh. Right. For the rest of their lives. Like, for the but, rest of their lives. That's fair. Okay. Anyway. There's no love for him here. Uh-uh. <sighs> okay. So there's there's... All of these conversations that are happening in this, these arguments about all of the different cases that have upheld Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, one of the things that gets said is like, yeah, like, is, is, you know, the Constitution just political is this going to like if we overturn Roe after saying that this is a constitutional right are we making a mockery of the constitution 
you know, have things changed significantly since in the 50 years since Roe, da, 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 da. The question is like about the 15 week ban because, and, and there are some other states that do have bans that are earlier than the 24 weeks that Roe protects that haven't been challenged. Mm-hmm. And so this one is unique because it's like, like all the early ones have been challenged. And so this right. is one, this is one of them. All of the like super early ones. There's like a couple that are like 20 or 22 weeks that have not been challenged. This is just the earliest. And <laughs> do I need to like explain the whole like last menstrual period? Uh, Can- for the people who don't have uteri in the audience, probably. Okay. So the way <laughs> the way gestation is calculated is from the date of your last menstrual cycle. So like last day or first day, it doesn't matter. It, like whatever. Who it's whatever your last period was. You whenever your last period was. And so you might get pregnant two weeks after that. So by the time you realize that you were pregnant, which usually will take like two or three weeks, you're already five or six weeks pregnant. Like mm-hmm. most people don't realize they're pregnant until like around week 10. Yeah. After you've missed like a period or two. Right. So to say, okay, isn't 15 weeks enough time to make that decision, which is what some of the, you know, penis having justices are asking, uh, fuck no. Yeah. Like, I feel like you don't even know, like all, all things, all other things aside, I feel like 20 weeks is the absolute earliest that that would be reasonable to like, Required because like not everybody knows, and even then, some right. people don't know until like they're giving birth at like my the, mom in, in the mall in the yeah. bathroom. Like they just don't know. Yeah, my mom found out she was pregnant with me because she had what felt like the flu for three months. Some people like don't have regular periods, so I was a complete surprise. I was well beyond 15 weeks before my mom finally went to the doctor and they were like, oh, you're pregnant. Like that was how she found out. She's like, I don't know why I keep throwing up for months and months and months. Right. And and some people, you know, not just don't have regular periods, but don't have health insurance or like, you know, like the people who are using uh, abortion as birth control, which is the charge that gets like thrown around by conservatives a lot. Like those are often people who are in course of abusive, sexual abuse, sexually abusive mm-hmm. relationships. There are people who like do not have say about having sex and are restricted from using birth control. Yep. Like none of these situations like are going to be solved by moving the date earlier. No. In fact, it will make it worse. I mean, this is so obvious. Just yeah, everything they're doing is counterproductive to like, if you want to have fewer abortions, fewer unwanted pregnancies, there's so many different ways to go about it. Right. This is clearly not what is important. And what and what the science shows and the data shows is that sex education and making contraceptives widely available and accessible to people is what cuts down on abortion. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that drop already. We don't have to do this. Yeah. If you don't want abortion, support wide contraceptive use. It's super easy. Like, we do not 
live in a crisis of unwanted babies right now because that has improved so much. Like the, yeah. like, <laughs> the rate of abortions is not very significant right now. And that's great. But like, if that's really your priority, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've covered, we've covered undue burden. We've gone over viability and how hard it is to actually know when you're pregnant because bodies vary greatly. We've covered Captain Fuckface. Yeah. We covered Captain Fuckface. We should talk about uh, practical things that people can do right now. Yes. Yeah, that would be smart. And then we can we can talk about some of the foreshadowing after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're not going to tell you to go vote because we did. We did that already. Look how well it's worked out. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sitting here being like, collective action works. Collective action works. Yeah. For sure. I've seen... Um, a lot of people talking about stocking up on ordering plan B, having that mm -hmm. available to friends. It's an excellent idea. It's um, really cheaply available on Amazon um, in like the like off brand version. And then if you want to get it like over the counter at your local CVS or whatever, it's 50 bucks. If you have money to like keep a few on hand, go ahead and do that now. Would be smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like donate to Planned Parenthood. Helpful for while they last. Uh. The National Network of Abortion Funds will direct you to your local uh, abortion fund for your state or your locale. Mm -hmm. And you can you can find ways to support them. Pro-Choice America, NARL, uh, also has like you know, text banking, you know, scripts for calling your, your elected representatives. Like they've got ways you can support their work. Oh, if your Senator doesn't support overturning the filibuster, harass them about it. Yeah. yeah. Please harass them about it because the only other option that we have from like a federal standpoint is to make it a law to pass it through the legislature it will probably be very difficult but if we didn't have the fucking filibuster it'd be a lot easier so if you're if mansion is your senator harass the shit out of him thank you <laughs> throw eggs at his boat or something yeah anything <laughs> drop off your infant and make him babysit it <laughs> yeah so the, there's other things you can do that are more like hands-on. Like you can volunteer to be a clinic escort at Planned Parenthood, which is like you provide support to um, buffer patients from protesters. I, I've had a couple friends do that who've had really powerful experiences doing that, who really love doing that work. I have friends who are in training to be become abortion doulas. It's just like you provide support for, you know, the the person who is having the abortion, just like a regular doula would, because it is a, you know, painful process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's no, 
And and I think this is something that a lot of conservatives don't understand also is like abortion isn't a painless procedure. You are giving birth. Like you are still expelling a fetus from your body in one way or another. It is not this fun, comfortable thing you do on a Saturday with your girlfriends. Like it's it's a whole ordeal. I will also just like add a little footnote here. If you are talking about this and writing about this and like making noise about this, great. Please do so. Also, watch your language. (laughs) People who have abortions are not exclusively women. There are women who do not have uteruses. There are women who have penises. There are women who do not have uteruses for other reasons. Yep. There are men who have uteruses and need abortions. Like, fuck off. It's pregnant people. It's not that difficult. Oh my God. This it includes everybody. Cis normativity is just exhausting. It really, it truly is. Like my former math teacher, who's very lovely, posted on Facebook out of like just pure ignorance about how saying pregnant people are racist women. And I was like, actually though, trans men also have uteruses and mm-hmm. they need medical care and if we're saying it's in only women have these issues then it makes it very difficult for me and for other trans mask and trans men to access reproductive care that we desperately need right because we'll get weird looks in the lobby and be like why are you here it's like cuz i fucking have a uterus like it's <laughs> and to assume that like women are the only ones who need this like it not only excludes trans men but it also like makes trans women feel like not welcome, not, not real. Mm -hmm. So if you don't believe those things, don't suggest those things with the terminology you use. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's really not difficult to do. People with uteruses, pregnant people, birth parent, they, you know, birthing parent, there's like, there's ways around it. There are so many just minor language changes that go so far in making it so people across the gender spectrum and across the what body parts you have spectrum are included and have access to care that doesn't make them feel invisible. Yep. That's it. Yep. Easy. Easy peasy. Just add a couple more words. <laughs> it's fine. It's not that hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been really driving me nuts with like a lot of people who are in our corner with this, who are covering this and have been covering this where it's just like women, 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 women. And I'm very tired. Yeah. Cause n- not a woman. Yeah. And yet you still need access to care. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird how yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my one tip for people who do have uteruses and don't want to use them and are looking for a way to nix that shit. Uh, endometriosis cannot be seen with an x-ray. The only option is to operate. So if you want a hysterectomy, you might have endo. Ask your doctor about if you have endometriosis. You can opt out of the transvaginal ultrasound and uh you know the only solution to that is having histo so pro tip (laughs) yep pro tip for anyone who needs it that's how i got mine it's it's possible 
Yeah. There's a lot like doctors are a lot more friendly to that than they Mm -hmm. used to be, but it's still hard. It's still hard, especially if you're young. Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of medical gatekeeping, but the endo route is the helpful avenue that I found. Right. Because there's nothing, there's nothing else you can do if your periods are so painful. If you tell your doctor your periods are so painful, then you might have endo and And, you should maybe get that out. (laughs) And one of the things that like I have learned is that like my, my own estimation of my ability to tolerate pain doesn't track with a lot of other people's. Mm -hmm. I, I have a really high pain tolerance and I only started learning that when I like, you know, started experiencing other things that were like more comparable with other people and like realizing like my mom used to be like, Oh yeah, I've never had cramps like with my periods. And I was like, what? How? How, How does it work? I'm what like, did you do? I, I mean, probably she was just always pregnant. Yeah. But, but like, even as a teenager, she said she didn't. And I'm just like, yeah, I was like puking and wanted to die. And she's like, yeah, for a long time, I thought you were just making it up. But then it was all of you sisters. And I was like, uh-huh. Mm. I, yeah, I still did all these, all these things. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. you know, don't, don't underestimate your own pain tolerance, I think is what I'm yeah. saying. And if you have a high pain tolerance and the doctor is asking you what your pain level is on a scale of one to 10, go up because that's what it actually is. Your tolerance is just high. Like yeah. I have to constantly remind myself, like when I'm in the hospital for pain, it means my pain is like an eight, even though I feel like it's my like, you know, six and I'm like, I just can't, I need help. And it's like, like when I got, when I got out of top surgery, they were like, what's your pain level? And I was like, so dissociated that like, I felt like it was lower, but I <laughs> knew it was higher. So I was like, seven eight and they were like oh that's high and they gave me more drugs and they were like what is it now and i was like uh like three or four and they were like is that okay and i'm like anything below a five is like i have fibromyalgia i live at six so anything under that yeah i can handle but like if you if you have a high pain tolerance round up whenever you get asked because that's what they will understand even if you're like oh yeah no like i'm dissociated enough that my pain level is five no the fact that you're willing to assert yourself enough to ask for help shows that it is serious exactly round up go all the way just like finish the job yeah Yeah. (laughs) if you're there it's probably like an eight so and they will be like, oh, my God, that's serious. And you'll be like, this is just like, I mean, yeah, I'm here for a reason. But also, like, I'm still breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but they will they will treat you. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have, like, a ton more to say here. I just, this particular case is interesting. Some of the comments from the bench have been interesting. We'll hear their results in June. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. The one thing that I wanted to note that I've kind of like I haven't seen this personally I've seen people talking about seeing this where a lot of people are like oh well you know before they were like well Roe could never be underturned and I'm like I've been I've been saying been saying about it forever and like where we are and now they're like well it would only stop there and I'm here to tell you 
No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Do not <laughs> give in to that putting your head in the sand and believing it stops here because it absolutely does not. What struck me with Kavanaugh's statement and the examples he pulled, uh, Brown versus the Board of Education, Obergefell v. Hodgins, and whatever his third one was, Baker versus Carr, that's foreshadowing. Those are all the things they're going to come after next. They're coming after trans rights. They're coming after queer rights. They're coming after, like, everything. Yeah. I mean, those cases are are situations where a previous SCOTUS ruling has been overturned. Yeah. So that's not not his to-do list, but it definitely is a, like, they're thinking about it. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about trying to set precedent. They're trying to, you know... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he listed them as examples, but also like those are all cases that those people in the bench don't like. Yeah. So fuck the filibuster and call your senator. And uh, I don't know. There's there's some money at a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just you know, be watchful because it. I cannot emphasize enough how much it is not going to end here. This is just the fucking beginning. We've talked about it before. We've had people on talking about how this is the ADF's playbook. They bring a bunch of fucking cases to the court and hope that one sticks. And then they overrule a thing. And then we're rolling back rights. It's happening. We're here. It's not going to end on abortion. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. So, but like, yeah, you're right. It's just beginning. Yeah. Sorry, this is not more sherry enough uplifting. We're, we just like really. I've just been angry all week. There's, there's only rage right now mm-hmm. and just frustration because the Democratic Party is not going to save us. They've. <laughs> I, Sorry. No. like it's obviously don't vote for republicans in the midterms but like relying on the fact that the democrats have a majority is not is not going to help at like we've we've been fighting to get the filibuster done and it's just not yeah it's just not it's not it's not harass harass the senators that are opposed to it to the point where they give in, mm. um, and you know, filibuster your see- senator until they give up the filibuster. Exactly, do that, do that because that's I mean, really the only the only federal hope that we have at this point. I, I, and I'm sitting here being like, this is why I kept pushing the like Sarah Schulman's history of Act Up New York. And like the history of the how the ADA got passed, like those activism movements, mm-hmm. those actions, those direct actions are the model that we have to use. Yep. Like, um, we got to go further. But like, that's that's our template. Run, yeah. Let's run for it. Yeah, it's all it's all in the grassroots. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of bills in states that are set to be enacted if Roe gets overturned. 
But, you know, like states is where it happens. Like California, obviously, we have abortion kind of enshrined as a right here. There's a lot of states that don't. If you live in a state that doesn't have that, talk to your representatives and tell them how important it is that your state protect access to abortion. And like, it's all, it's all in the local stuff and uh, pushing the Democrats to grow a fucking spine. Grow a fucking spine. I just like it's so. Kieran, I could I could go on a whole. Rant I want to make a, like a bad like fetal viability analogy with the Democrats and growing a spine here, but like we probably <laughs> should call the episode before we go there. Just pretend that joke happened. It's fine. The Democrats are currently at twelve weeks or something. <laughs> uh, the Democrats are having problems implanting. <laughs> The Democrats are currently in ectopic pregnancy. Oh my God. No <laughs> lies. All right, let's let's quit. I love you guys. We're yeah. gonna get through it. Take care of yourselves. Do what you can. Give to Planned Parenthood, buy supplies, harass Joe Manchin. You know the drill. Scream at the void. Scream at the void. If you need the void's phone number, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, just, you know. If, if you want to get rid of your uterus, talk to your doctor about endometriosis. Okay. All That's right. advice. Cheers, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cold podcast. Our music is from the track Janet by the Bend the Heavens on their album Stenazzo. Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchen table cult pod. Thanks for listening.